1: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
2: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. with ebay authenticity guarantee you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach ensure your next purchase is the real deal visit ebay.com for terms
3: you know that's the sound of another sale on your online shopify store but did you know shopify powers selling in person too that's right shopify is the sound of selling everywhere online in store on social media and beyond Go to shopify.com slash bof to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bof
1: There was nobody else with that breadth of culture, with that sense of a life lived on every level. Coco and Carl, I mean, you could not write this to be a more perfect fashion story. The way those two people changed everything in the industry.
4: De Virginie Villard succession plan it strikes me as kind of like the sarah burton alexander mcqueen succession plan
1: there's no way you could possibly replace him and i think they're savvy enough not to even try with virginie in charge chanel goes on
4: how do you think the industry will pay tribute to him
1: almost stately because he is the emperor and we will never see their kind again
4: Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. Today, we have a very special episode of the BOF podcast. As you may have heard, Karl Lagerfeld, the iconic and legendary fashion designer, died in Paris at the age of 85. And who better to talk to about the life and work of Karl Lagerfeld than Tim Planks, who as I understand, has interviewed Karl Lagerfeld more than 250 times. On this special episode of the BOF podcast, I talked to Tim about all of the contributions that Karl has made to fashion during his life and what Chanel and Fendi and fashion will be like without Karl. So here's a special episode of the BOF podcast on the life and work of Karl Lagerfeld. Well, hello, Tim. This is a special edition of the bof podcast neither you nor i were planning to be sitting here today having this conversation but we i guess we all knew that one day uh this day would come and you know carl lagerfeld has died and i just wondered you know you've known or you knew carl for
1: 30 at least 30 years at least 30 years in a professional capacity but nevertheless over that stretch of time we Sat down and talked. I worked out at least two hundred and fifty times. Amazing, and that's a lot of a lot of talk, and you know, insight. Um, It it just it's inevitable that you acquire some sense of an an individual when you when you're spending that much time um, talking to them about everything. Because you could talk to Carl about everything. You could you could talk to him about whatever the latest pop band was. You could talk to him about a new book and movie. You could talk to him about uh, an old movie. You could talk to him about 18th century, you know, canapes. You could, I I mean, he, I think he called himself a one-man Google, didn't he, at one point. And and way before there was... He said he had a Google mind. Yeah, I I mean, prodigious and enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. and um, keen to communicate the enthusiasm. so
4: Until the very end, too. I mean, the last yeah, time, yeah. I mean, we were very lucky, you and I. We got to sit down with him so often at the end of his shows after Chanel, and he would, you know, we'd be ushered into this little private room that they create for him, and he'd spend those like 10 or 15 minutes with us just chatting and gossiping and... Um, but when when did you first? Do you remember the first time you met Carl?
1: I um it it would have been I mean just because I've been writing the the this piece the the piece for B O F about about his um his passing and thinking about how Carl Lagerfeld entered my life. Well, you know if 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 I, if I really boil it down, I mean it it was he was so weirdly omnipresent in my 70s might not my obviously not the 70s of my life but the 1970s um because he was it it was he was part of a world that was so gorgeous to look into from the outside um you know it, it was the world that i guess culminated with studio 54 but before that Antonio Lopez and Antonio's girls and people like Tina Chow and and the Warhol crowd and and You know the way that everything society was just this mass this pulsing mass of Fabulosity that was that was so enticing for You know a country bumpkin looking at it from the outside So when I actually met him I had such a kind of incredible incredibly vivid impression of him um, you know, he looked so hot in those Helmut Newton photos, uh, in in that black one piece bathing mm-hmm. suit. He, On you the see beach, those photos right? and and the swimming la piscine mm-hmm. in Paris, or lying at Brandon Saint Tropez, and he with the very very black beard and the, the it, he actually wasn't very very handsome, and and um, he looked like, he just looked like the kind of person who who was capable of absolutely anything, which was probably an asset in those times. Later on, I got the feeling that actually he probably didn't really do any of the things you imagined he'd be doing. Um, but he was very good at conveying the impression that he had done it all, or had, yeah, who had done it and tired of it. Um, but when I first met him, obviously, I, I, I felt, um, I mean, he was kind of intimidating because he, he just felt like somebody who'd been everywhere and done everything and everyone and and um was bringing this mass of knowledge to fashion that nobody else had i mean there was nobody else with that breadth there was nobody else with that breadth of culture with that that sense of of a life lived on every level um and and to be able to bring that into into his work in fashion. I, I mean, my meetings, first meetings with him coincided with the, the beginnings of the supermodel thing. So that was the, the incredible, and he was so instrumental in making those women into superstars. Gianni Versace in Milan and Karl Lagerfeld in Paris. And those shows were just so amazing. It was like being in the middle of a Busby Berkeley production. And there was such access and such openness and and um I mean a funny thing was we were just talking about this before, but he called me Canada because, you know, I was doing fashion file for the CBC in Canada and I guess um he didn't bother individuating designers, uh journalists and this faceless mess of I listened to everybody else's questions and really a lot of them were completely moronic. <laughs> but he would have this mass of people streaming through, you know, saying, is that really your hair color and all this goofy stuff that people ask. And so he called me Canada for a long, for a long time, which was okay, I guess. Um, but we had a, I like to think we had a rapport. I mean, I can't imagine that you're sitting in front, where you're sitting down with somebody hundreds and hundreds of times and not thinking, oh, at least I recognize this person. Oh, um, he loved you, Tim. He yeah, would but always,
4: when, when we hired you... He pulled me aside one day and he said you you are the best one. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. You never yeah, told me that. I know, and he, you know, he My really are curling. He really respected you. And he was he was um he he I think you two both shared this breadth of culture. So any cultural reference that he made, you would be one of those rare people that understood it. But the
1: funny thing yeah. when um you know there was one time I wrote about this as well. When, I went to talk to him, and we were wearing exactly the same outfit. I know outfit. Said that. We even, even the embroidery on the shirt collar was exactly so the same. So what was it? It was Matsuda from Japan, and it was fabulous clothing for fat men. And um, so not, this
4: was in the days when he was a larger. Oh, he was man. he was
1: a, he was chunky, and 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 I was chunky. And when he lost weight, he poked me in the stomach and and just looked at me and and you know, say, if I can do it, you can. <laughs> and, um, lo, I did for one brief shining moment. But, um, it, 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 it's, a, it's an interesting, the rapport that you could have with him, because I think that was, a, that was a surprise to me, I suppose, that, um, because he was such a figurehead. But he was also, he could also, I wouldn't say sweet, but he, he was definitely a one-on-one kind of guy, which, yeah, I, think which I, I found he was charming.
4: Yeah, and I think, you know, he had he's one of those individuals in the fashion. Our industry can create these, like, people with these larger-than-life personas that seem very intimidating and uh, inaccessible. But when you'd interact with him up close, you know, in a, in a kind of more intimate situation... He, you know he was he was sweet mm. and he would tell jokes and he would he would laugh and he'd whisper things into your ear and he'd giggle and he was just he was a lovely he'd whisper
1: ear. things into your ear I don't think he ever whispered anything he, he was, into my oh, ear we would
4: finish our interviews and he'd always um oh I won't tell you what he said to me once about you but um I told you the nice thing um, he said he said Tim's gained weight you need to tell him <laughs> uh no he he he, wasn't lying yeah he was he was just he was he was really fun he was a bit mis you know what it was he was mischievous Uh, he had this like he liked to poke a little bit of poke the bear yeah
1: yeah and then sometimes it wasn't always you know i mean he'd say things where you felt you needed to kind of protect him in a way from himself
4: yeah
1: um especially more and more um as time went on. But, you know, I one thing that impressed me, considering what he'd lived through uh, and considering how successful he'd been from so early, I mean, from from basically his late teenage onwards, he was successful. And he'd s- experienced all the, the highs and lows of the fashion industry over the years. You know, the, the shift from couture to ready to wear and and then the sort of democratizing of luxury luxury which he was enormously responsible i mean he
4: i think people people know that he was the one who created the template for the international global luxury brand but he was also the first designer to do a collaboration with h&m and he kind of um made it okay for everyone else to do it so there was the luxury side of it but he was always this kind of very populist kind of man of the like he wanted to reach as many people as possible so he would do everything um so while he sat at the luxury brand level you know he knew that it was about reaching masses and masses of people
1: you know there's that historical perspective he had where he would look at what had happened in society not just in the previous 20 years but in the previous 200 years and he was so fascinated by uh, shifts the shifts in sensibility that that well that created trends in dress or thinking or food or you know whatever he was very aware in a, in this peculiar kind of timeless you know he he wasn't really of the moment you know we always used to say that that you never want to be in fashion because that and that Means you can be out of fashion, mm-hmm. so um, he. I mean, I would I would say that. He. He was chatting away like you know like we're best friends, but um, you know was this, this observation that you could make with the intimate connection over a long time. He seemed to be very um, for a long time. He seemed to be very um, deliberately dismissive. Of human interactions, you know, he seemed to be to to keep himself almost on a libertine level, you know that that he could be very philosophical about things and not particularly not particularly human. I mean, it, but then was, at
4: the same time, you'd see him with that young. Well, that's what I was just going to say, right? I was just going to say yeah. that then, then
1: adult, late adult onset uh, compassion and, and, um, and empathy with Hudson Cronig, yeah. the, the little boy, the, uh, the son of, Brad, of Kronig. Brad Kronig, the model who was his male muse so one. Um, Carl did a book about, about, um, Brad, which was basically trying to position him as a new James Dean. I mean, he was, Incredibly dedicated to the people who were in his circle, and, and they then, were dedicated
4: to him and yeah, very loyal, yeah,
1: like a fan. But that was his family, yeah. And um, and then it wasn't just uh, Hudson, and and you know, not not so much the son he never had, the grandson he never had, the great grandson he never had, maybe. But then Choupette the cat, yeah, who he said he would marry if he could, um, which is a fascinating notion. You know, it's like Nero married, a, no, Caligula married his horse. Um, Carl would have married his cat if he could have, um, as if he'd been emperor of all, he, well, he was emperor of all he mm-hmm. surveyed. Um, so that was kind of an intriguing, he, he found a sort of sentiment. Um, and it was interesting because that, was, that made him so human. You know, where he had been so, such a iconic and slightly distant figure. Yeah. And suddenly he was talking about Hudson and Choupette. Yeah. you know, like he was going home. It's interesting because I heard something very similar about Giorgio Armani that he would rather have dinner with his cats than go out to some swanky fashion thing. Now I understand that completely. I love yeah. sitting down with Stella and Annie at night. Those um, are
4: Tim's dogs, in case. <laughs> but but wants
1: you to know, you, it, 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 it's funny that in, these lions in winter. You know, finding their humanity, which Mm -hmm. is basically what The Lion in Winter, that play, was all about. Mm -hmm. Um,
4: Yeah. So, obviously, this has implications for Chanel and for Fendi. Let's start with Chanel. They've appointed, um, as I think many people... Were expecting Virginie Via I mean, some people thought Hedy Slimane was going to take over, but they basically... A
1: long time ago. Yeah,
4: they basically quashed that rumor right away. Um, but the Virginie Viard succession plan... Pure it's, logic. It strikes me as kind of like the Sarah Burton, Alexander McQueen succession plan. He anointed her. Yeah. She's been on stage with him. So um. what, do you, do you think that, what do you think that kind of means for Chanel going forward.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's a massive commitment to continuity. And then and then, you know, we we sit in our fashion bubble and we assume the entire world knows who Karl Lagerfeld is. I mean, admittedly, there's the news coverage today has been absolutely massive. I mean, so I do
4: think if there's a single figure in fashion in fashion apart from Anna Wintour, probably Karl Lagerfeld is the only one that everyone no, you
1: know, it, it, we think this and then yeah. we sit down and talk to people, about. but it's
4: like the open, I was the opening segment on like global CNN, yeah, you yeah. know, it's the, it's going to be yeah. on the front pages of all the newspapers. No, it's, it's, ma- it's every massive single news. media company sent an alert out about Carl today on it's my phone. It's massive
1: news, but I still say Chanel is bigger than Carl. Chanel is the umbrella store, the, the umbrella that I, under which he lived and worked sure and uh, i i think that with virginie in charge chanel goes on as a as as the thing that more people know than knowing what Carl's contribution might have been it's a, it's like i said fashion is a bubble
4: and um what's virginie like i've i've
1: She's exactly you, you know you, you it was a very good analogy when you mentioned Sarah yeah with McQueen, she's that very quiet kind of backroom backroom woman who you get the feeling made it all happen yeah you know he he needed we have been with him and you can see the translation he needed between his quick fire thinking and creative process and the reality of of um of the delivery of of the product, you know, between his thought and the actual deed. And she was the facilitator. But I think for such a long time that she becomes the, what's the word that, there's a word amanuensis or something, where you are the person who, she's like a medium. She translates the ethos into reality. And I think that she's been doing that for so long that, she's probably you know she's carlotta lagerfeld
4: so so what happened when when you know mcqueen was also known for these huge spectacles and shows and this like incredible imagination just like carl did at chanel so do you think you know and now mcqueen has you know there none of that spectacle is there The, the energy the the dna the kind of codes of mcqueen are still She's very faithful to them, Sarah Burton. Do you think that we're likely to see no more big shows in the Grand palais? They've been
1: amazing McQueen shows.
4: No, they've um, been under, great under shows. Sarah. Yeah, but but they haven't been have they haven't they've never done that the big production and the
1: They wove like fifteen thousand of those carpets. 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 I yeah. mean the, 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 the spectacle is more condensed and yeah. more kind of human. Yeah, it's maybe. on a
4: human scale. But
1: do remember that, you know, Eric perfonda who's a guy who's
4: The head of image or stage those things for
1: Carl. He's obviously still there. I mean, it's a well-oiled machine, and everybody knows what needs doing. Um, I mean, it's 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 going to be it's going to be there's going to be a massive massive hole there simply because he was such a galvanic personality, and you got used to seeing him. You know that how how can they. You just wonder how could you, 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 there's no way you could possibly replace him. And I think um, they're, they're savvy enough not to even try that to, to emphasize the continuity that his presence will prevail um, with the team that made it possible for him to do what he did.
4: Yeah, because you, you can't really think of any other individual who represented Chanel. Apart from Coco. Apart from Coco. Mm. So he kind they of,
1: said familiarly, like yeah. Coco was part of their lives too. Exactly. Yeah, Coco and Carl, I mean, you you could not make, you could not write this to be a more perfect story, a more perfect fashion story, the way those two people um, changed everything in the industry. Hmm. Uh, they, and to be such visually iconic creatures. I mean, he made himself into a cartoon deliberately. Yeah. Uh, that was his that was his acknowledgement of um cele- of modern celebrity um mm. he was just insanely perceptive yeah i mean i always wondered I, it was funny he always said he he said he dreamed everything and he used to kind of spring out of bed and do a whole collection that would be fully formed from one dream and in your head you always imagine what did that look like did he have a nightshirt on did he Did he have a wee-willy-winky kind of candle? (laughs) Did he have a nightcap jumping out of bed, kind of just drawing like a hundred looks in a flash?
4: Yeah, he told me that too. He wakes up in the middle of the night. Always, yeah,
1: always. He said he dreamed everything. And then he'd say next time he didn't dream anything. But, you know, keep us guessing.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs.
2: Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
0: Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: I heard the most interesting story. Um, You know, inevitably there was there's always speculation about somebody like him because as public as he was, nobody really knew too much about him.
4: Maybe his driver. Yeah.
1: I heard, this is very interesting, That because, you know, when you have a sort of Citizen Kane-like figure, like he is, like Carl Lagerfeld was, you look for the rosebud. And there obviously is one. His life story is so extraordinary. I mean, his mother saying that his nose was so big he should hang curtains in his nostrils? I mean, thanks, Mom. That's a self-image. But... I heard that he had a room in his house where, which reconstructed the bedroom he slept in when he was a child. And I don't know if that's true, but in that sort of rosebud way, it kind of makes incredible sense that his attachment to his childhood, which he would talk about every now and again um, in... In sometimes disparagingly, but in other times, other times you could feel him trying to winkle out the truths of his of his childhood. Was it was quite fascinating. Um, you know, there's that sort of protean intelligence, that protean creativity. You want to know where it comes from. Every every everybody does because they they're wondering if you can create a template from it. You know, obviously, for the future, everybody's going to be like, "Oh, the new Carl, the new this is here's the new Lagerfeld." Blah blah blah. is impossible? Gonna, it's impossible. It isn't going to yeah. happen. I mean, the culture that produced him just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah.
4: So everyone's been talking about Chanel today, but kind of lost in the mix is what his passing means for Fendi. I think he was a designer there for more than half a century. Yeah. If you can yeah. believe that. Yeah. What What do you think they're thinking at Fendi today?
1: I feel, to me, it felt like he hadn't been well for quite a long time. I'm just observing him, you know, as you said, when we were talking to him backstage. It felt, he did feel, he, he felt fragile to me for quite a while. Um, I would imagine contingencies at being in place. I think that Sylvia Fendi is one of the most remarkable people in fashion and um i can't imagine that they're going to be left high and dry in any way um fendi's a fendi's another animal um, from chanel and i think that it she, a, again she like virginie she was almost raised by carl yeah i mean from the time she he's been part of her life since she was a little girl i mean yeah. she's she's him. yeah and i would I actually, in a funny way, I look forward to what's going to happen there. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what's going to happen there, almost more than... I mean, Chanel, I know what's going to happen. Fendi, I think there'll be a, a kind of excitement, excitement. Yeah,
4: I mean, uh, it will very likely... I mean, it's a, a role that someone's occupied for the better part of a 50 years. So it may open up another designer shuffle. Um, at you LBH. know, in a way, I hope not. It might, you know, they, I mean, unless they decide that Sylvia will do it on her own.
1: Well, you know, today uh, already there was that deluge of commentary, Phoebe for Chanel, you know. Oh, was Um, there? I've been offline most of the time. And it was like. No, I don't think that's happening. Apart from you you want to scream too soon, it wasn't too soon. They announced Virginie, you know. Yeah.
4: Well, it seems, you know, Chanel's very smart because they had that announcement ready Mm. and it just quashes all the. Mm. speculation which would have been i think really disrespectful Mm. to carl
1: yeah um but it's interesting watching social media deal with something like this because how many things in fashion could be this discombobulating for the industry there really isn't very much
4: yeah it's kind of like the whole fashion world stopped Mm, the axis shifts for the day you know and um your instagram and my instagram feed probably look the same everyone sharing their memories and it's kind of nice. You, you realized how many people in the industry he had a relationship with just by all the pictures everyone posted. Um, he was really genuinely kind of the center of fashion. You know, everyone, all the designers, all the executives, all the models, like everybody had a fondness and affection and relationship with him.
1: He was one of the poles,
4: I think. Yeah, there are, there there are, are other poles. Yeah, 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 but he's definitely one of <laughs> yeah. the big... Yeah. Um, do you think Carl Blagerfeld was misunderstood?
1: No, because I think he, I think he was very expert at, at massaging expectations. I, I think he let people know exactly what he wanted them to know about himself. I, I mean, like I said, there was a lot people don't know, and that's the way he kept things. Yeah. I, I don't see how he could have been. Um, I, I mean, the interesting thing is because he was so deep, like Mariana Trench deep, and he, in recent times, had maintained the, that persona. Um, but, you know, if you think about the people who work the fashion industry brilliantly well, like someone like Donatello Versace, it's all about having this mask. And you can be anything behind that mask and nobody's ever going to know what you're like, you know. Um, and I think he was he was a... He was a brilliant player
4: in that respect. Why do you think it requires having a mask to succeed or to to create that kind of?
1: You want to live. You want to have a life, and um, you know it's 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 Warhol, isn't it? It's the Warholian approach to life. I think it's interesting that Carl played Carl in In the Andy Warhol movie *Lamour*. Carl, the fashion designer. If you've ever seen that film, he's actually quite. His beard is good. Um, I think that when you see people who didn't have a persona, like someone like Lee McQueen, they didn't have a protective, they didn't have a shield. And um, I think, I I get the feeling that Karl Lagerfeld, Karl Lagerfeld had a life, of the mind, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know how how much he slept, but I I do get the feeling of, of him as being somebody quite monkish in his intellectual pursuits. Um, and the other thing, the ponytail and the sunglasses and the skinniness and the chupette and everything, was this fabulous diversion um, as it is, you know, in a funny way, with, with someone like Donatella, Teller, that, that she can be herself because she has this other thing that goes out to, mm. into the world as DV, and he went, he went out to, into the world as KL. Yeah. And I, I just, you'd love to know how many people actually got to, you know, backstage, it was always so interesting. There'd be people, I mean, I know who, I know who they all were, I'd be, but these really little old people, who came to say hello to him who were from his past remember
4: like yeah there would there be, be then it wasn't journalists no oh god you no. know it was maybe christian arp from no uh, German no no no, no
1: no it was like little old french people
4: no, but they were all there were all these i didn't know who they were either no, but well, there was a regular group of people who we had to wait to say that yeah. sit down and they
1: would have a chat with him. Yeah. they were always there it's the same thing with armani he has those friends. Um,
4: and maybe those are the people who connected him to, you know, the what? beginning. Yeah. Because like, he must so, have known them from
1: some... Oh, for, forever. Yeah. And it, it, that would, you know, you, you wonder about, um, yeah, because he, he lived such a multi-layered life um, over, what, 65 years or maybe even more. Um, that's a lot of living, and it's interesting to think that he maintained relationships across that whole spectrum. Because you know, for the longest time, you know, all you heard about him was how he would dump people. You know, Inez de la Fontaine, she was his muse, whatever. Dumped her when she posed for the Marianne, the French national symbol. Um, how how kind of dismissive he could be. How people could be exiled from his life. And then you see this other side that, that you know, he, it, pro- it was probably useful for him to, to have that kind of illusion. Or not maybe not an illusion, maybe it was a reality, but it might have been useful for him to have that around to, um, to keep the world at bay. Hmm. Because really, if you were Carl Lagerfeld, you would want to keep the world at bay. Why? Because you do not want that world in your life you just don't you saw it you see it with people who are you see it with people who are that whose degree of celebrity is that vast that you know to go out and be mobbed um i I can't imagine that for somebody who i think he
4: kind of liked that though well yeah but when you know like he'd step out of his car and he'd be like, "I can't walk down the street anymore." He told me that a few times, and I think that's what helped him understand he was still relevant. You know, was that that currency he had with even young people who weren't there when he started? You know, he he'd reached a level of um, like the, the parents, parents weren't there when he started. Yeah, I mean, it's just maybe even the grandparents. You know, he's um, and I guess at the same time he he seemed very mysterious. Yeah, like, it's just this, like totemic figure yeah, representing an industry that, you know, so many people want to understand better. And here's this like towering personality. Well, totems have private lives too. Exactly. Um, how do you think um, the industry will pay tribute to him?
1: We were talking about that, you know, remember St. Laurent's funeral? Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine. And then... And then I mean, is he French or German? I don't know. Um, you know, his mother's buried uh, at his house in the north of France. Um, where would... There'll be a memorial service in Paris, but...
4: Uh, this Paris Fashion Week is going to feel very different. It's
1: it's just so weird that it happens the day before Milan starts. Yeah. Um, I I kind of thought it would always be like that. I kind of felt that it would always... It wouldn't happen in a... You know in in between of, seasons, yeah, it wouldn't happen in the middle of May or something. I always felt that it would be it just feels like he's he's so 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 much a part of the the bloodstream of fashion that um I mean it's it's it, the thing is he he was old and 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 he'd had an extraordinary, extraordinary life and career. And I, I can't imagine that this is not this is the trauma of you know a, a genius, you know life cut short.
4: Um, Quite the opposite.
1: Yeah. I, so I think it, with something like this, the, the the respect, the the veneration, the tributes, and everything will be. Um, this sounds like a French and Saunders skit when I say that. <laughs> Can we get a shot of the towels? Uh, no, I think the um, I think it'll all be very, very appropriate because and and, and very, very almost stately. Because he is the emperor, um, and there is really almost no one left. There's no one else. We can think of one or two, but yeah. there is. We can think of somebody in Milan. We can think of somebody in America, but we will never see their kind again.
4: Hmm. Well, um, I was surprised how sad I felt. I wasn't I um, I've been feeling really sad today, but it's been really nice to talk to people about it and to hear other people's stories.
1: I you know what? I I'm I'm sad that we lose that mind. Yeah. But at the same time, I really feel we had the best of him.
4: Yes, and he said he was gonna work till the very end. Yeah. And he did. And he did. Um he always said he was gonna he had a lifelong contract. But I just can't imagine fashion without Carl, you know? And maybe he's he's such an important figure. He's been such an important figure for such a long time that his his presence will always be felt. But I think so. Um yeah. Look,
1: it, for us, can you think of another death in the family that is this that is this powerful i mean really nobody
4: there's nobody
1: um alexander mcqueen was very young mm-hmm. uh, and the impact of his death is and there was, was enormous and, and there still, was like
4: a, a a tragedy or tragic element to yes. his death right yeah whereas you know carl lived a full yeah healthy a very fulfilling life and he yeah. did everything he wanted to do and, and he like did it his way beginning middle and end yeah. in, in a, in a way. so you have to be happy that he had that life but yeah
1: and happy that you know we got to spend so much time with him and talk to him and, yeah. and oh there's there's you almost feel like there's nothing yeah. left that you wanted to ask yeah. him i had a conversation with him um a year or so ago and i just had this funny i, I was thinking quite deliberately well you know we're not always going to have this opportunity so we sat down and it wasn't it wasn't pegged to anything we just had a talk and it was filmed and we ended up talking about him and his life and of course in my usual cack-handed way i cannot find that film
4: we will find oh i hope
1: it exists somewhere but it was interesting because it was just an opportunity to and he was in a reflective mood as well. Notice he has been very reflective. I think you can Mm. see it in the clothes as well, the Mm. collections he's been designing. He's been very reflective for a while. Mm. I think that's all part and parcel of him talking a lot more about about Hudson and about Choupette and about love Mm. and about family. And, you know, that's that's that was it was a man making peace with himself.
4: Mm. Well. I will definitely cherish all of those special conversations I had with him. Right from the very first one, I got pulled into a... I was, I was, Susie Menkes was doing her luxury conference in London, and I, um, she had just spent 45 minutes interviewing him on stage. And I was walking down the corridor looking for coffee or something and someone pulled me in and said do you want to interview carl lagerfeld and this was two years into bof and i was like what and um that interview is uh available for posterity on youtube where the commenters ripped me apart because i was so inexperienced and didn't know what i was doing but you know he he treated that conversation i think as he did with any journalist and he answered all the questions and he was yeah he was so Focused. and then talked
1: about you to the next person
4: <laughs> probably who knows Nobody Who knows to do that yeah oh god um, yeah. but anyway so obviously
1: now I know he said to the person who came after me god he's
4: fat <laughs> <laughs> but um, Tim thanks for sharing your thoughts I thought it thanks, was important Imran. to have a conversation yeah. today we You're won't th- get
1: many more opportunities like this no. so it's well, a good one
4: um, that's all for this very special episode of the BOF podcast I'm Imran Ahmed here with our editor at large, Tim Blanks, we are um, saying our final tributes to the legendary, and people use that in fashion, that word in fashion so much, but genuinely a legendary and towering figure. You can go
1: beyond and say iconic because he was a fashion icon in the most literal sense of the world.
4: world. Karl Lagerfeld, who died today in Paris at the age of 85. Um, That's all for the BOF podcast Um, Please follow BOF for all of the news around Carl. We have a very special episode of the Daily Digest newsletter, 100% dedicated to the life and work of Carl Lagerfeld. Bye-bye.
0: Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.